0: Terms and conditions apply. Let's go! This is the Lombardi Line
1: with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSN.:
0: And this is the Lombardi Line presented by MGM. Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard for the next two hours right here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. And Pritch, I always love talking with you. Certainly going to talk a lot of NFL today. And, you know, even before we start off the show... I don't know how we get on the subject, but we bring up, you know, like you look at the NFC with yeah. Aaron Rodgers coming back and obviously we get to the Russell Wilson trade and you look at it and you go, man, it's wide open. And then I just think back to last year, which is now already last year, how the Cowboys inexplicably lost that game to the 49ers at home. The Rams as a four seed go on to win the Super Bowl. I know we now look at the AFC and go, that's the power broker and we'll get into the division and the specifics and all that. But the NFC. Is it really a jumbled mess, or are we led to believe now that Aaron Rodgers is back? He says maybe the deal isn't what everybody reported it to be, which was four years, uh, $200 million, 50 bucks, $50 million a year. He says maybe that's not accurate, but the fact is he's going back to Green Bay. Right. With the Buccaneers in transition seemingly – I know the Rams are still the Rams. Looks like Von Miller's going to leave there, maybe go back to Denver. What do you make overall of the NFC before we look at the power brokers in the AFC?
2: You know, free agency is going to be huge. Yes. That's how I'm looking at the NFC because I think you have the all-in mentality across the National Football League. We just witnessed that with Russell Wilson going to Denver. Um, you know, it's a great question, Dave. You're looking at the Packers three years in a row. They win 13 games, and they have not made a Super Bowl. They did not reach the Super Bowl. Uh, so even without... The lineage of quarterbacks, like think about Tom Brady, maybe not coming back. Perhaps he does, though. The light's still on out there mm-hmm. in Tampa, right? Uh, and then Dak Prescott with Dallas. The 49ers are on the come up. But what are they going to do with quarterback? Uh, and, and that's a big question mark for them, too. So uh, it seems like the NFC would be wide open. Um, I think people will grav- gravitate towards Aaron Rodgers because of the back-to-back MVPs and how great he is. Yeah. But even how great Aaron Rodgers is, they still don't have a Super Bowl appearance. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I you know each and every year the, the NFL is so different. There's going to be a team
0: on this list that's going to improve and surprise people. That will happen. Well, you know what's amazing about what happened yesterday in the event of two hours when when Wes Reynolds and I were here 24 hours mm-hmm. ago. And right when we got here is when the news broke about Aaron Rodgers. And you saw those numbers get shorted. You see now they're the, the co-favorites with the Rams to uh, win the NFC at plus 450, right? Well, that got shorted after the news of Aaron Rodgers. And then we're looking at the Broncos and how that affected the Broncos. And they slid down 25 to 1, we saw, in some places to win the Super Bowl. And then the news of Russell Wilson breaks in the same show that we we're doing yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now, to that end, when you look at the Buccaneers at 11-1, to and I saw a report today that looks like Rojo, Ronald Jones, and Leonard Fournette are not going to be back. We know a lot of their offensive linemen are now gone. We're assuming Tom Brady is gone. At 11-1, to is there something there that we don't see, like we didn't see with the Broncos yesterday? It says, all right, if plan A, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. falls by the wayside, what a great plan B in Russell Wilson. Do the Bucks have a plan B in your estimation that is not Tom Brady? Because I know Bruce Arians says Blaine Gabbard. There's no way at 11-1 to right. 1 I could even think about playing the Buccaneers if Blaine Gabbard really is behind door number two. It really is a great question because uh, on Bet-
2: Betting Across America, Josh Applebaum and myself, we were talking about this, um, the Denver Broncos inside their division was plus 400. That was sticking out like a sore thumb to me. Because you had the Aaron Rodgers situation. Okay, that didn't come to fruition. But then lo and behold, here's Russell Wilson. So at 11:01, mm. you're looking at the Buccaneers. I don't know if that's Tom Brady related. Uh, I know they're working on a contract with Godwin. Um, yes. But there is a quarterback out there that has some legal issues right now that I tell you what, if they're cleared up, B.A., and that could be very attractive to one Deshaun Watson.
0: Well, there it is, because it feels like now, as the quarterback carousel, we thought this was going to last for months. Yeah, It might have lasted 24 hours, mm-hmm. literally a window of Rodgers, Domino, Russell Wilson, and now the last one. And the legalese there, we just don't know. Right, right. None know. of us are lawyers. We don't know how this is going to play out in a court of law. But he feels like the last real difference maker when you look at futures numbers. To, to either win the win the conference or, or win a Super Bowl, right? I don't know that there's another quarterback now. Like, okay, short of Jimmy G's gonna get traded, mm-hmm. right? We know that, but he's got a bump shoulder, he's under the knife, he can't even throw until June. So Mitchell Trubisky, is he really gonna move the numbers that much? There's one more numbers mover out there, and it's Deshaun Watson. It is Deshaun. And the, it's gotta be a scenario like Denver where you go, Well, they have a ready made defense, so mm-hmm. let's find out who the quarterback is, and then that'll short those numbers. The Buccaneers feel like they still have a defense, a championship level defense. It was not on, on par as their Super Bowl title two years ago. Right. But it does feel like if they can figure out the legal mess, Deshaun Watson, be it what? Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, a couple other teams that you would say, yeah, now I would throw some coin. On a futures market because Deshaun Watson's the
2: quarterback. Absolutely. And because why are the Buccaneers there at 11 1 when Brady retired and their team's seemingly falling apart? Right. Uh, they're a little bit older on defense too, but you, all, you always have free agency uh, and you need an attraction. The Denver Broncos feel pretty good about their attraction now mm-hmm. that they land at Russell Wilson. Uh, if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you have this window with Leftwich and also BA, uh, you need that other player, that player that can raise all boats, and that's Deshaun Watson if, 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 and this is a big if, his legal
0: situation is cleared up. And that's the part we just don't know. That's the elephant in the room that I thought a year later, because this has been going on for a full year, would have been resolved by now. It doesn't even feel like it's close to being resolved. Mm -hmm. So, let's figure out if the Texans can find a trade partner. I believe he's due uh, about... What, 20 35000000 million. <laughs> 35. To, to be on the roster.
2: To be on the roster. That's his salary. I think there's some bonus money up there that ups it to anywhere close to $36, 37000000 And there's
0: right. no way you can take that on two years in a mm-hmm. row. You didn't do it last year, obviously. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this cap number. But there's no way the Texans can have a player that won't play or can't play right. at that price tag. In dead money. I just don't see how that's possible.
2: I, I don't see how it's possible either. Now it is the Houston Texans yeah. stuff. <laughs> so. uh, but, um, I, you know, it, it's it's very interesting on this board because uh, the top teams, nobody needs a quarterback no. outside of the Buccaneers. That's right? it. Uh, and they're one The Saints, they need a quarterback. They got a, uh, a a playoff caliber defense, 18 one uh, they don't have the cap space for Deshaun Watson. They they have some problems with their cap right there. The Eagles, uh, I think they're going to build and continue to go through the draft, kind of support Hurts uh, right there. And then there's the
0: Falcons. And Matty Ice is coming back.
2: Matty, well, yeah, yeah. It's interesting with that contract, too, though. And and uh, Arthur Smith did a fabulous job down there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you, you know, you, you think about what's a good fit for a quarterback, too. Now, I don't know if the Falcons is a good fit for – uh, Deshaun or somebody like that, but he is a top five quarterback. He, I mean, he's he's one of those difference type maker. of players. Yeah, difference maker for sure. Uh, it, it's just the big question mark about his legal situation. Is that going to be
0: cleared up in time? And I think it's a great point though when you kind of workshop it through the board that maybe the Buccaneers at 11 to 1 if they could figure something mm-hmm. out, might be the last player to really move those numbers if they got a yeah. high-caliber quarterback. Are they
2: sticking out like a sore thumb what right it now? It really too? is. That number does stick
0: out. <laughs> All right, let's get to the big news here and why we're talking about the Broncos and that division in the AFC West. Maybe the most competitive, at least on paper, division that we can remember mm-hmm. in the last couple decades in the NFL when you go ahead and make that trade. Here's the particulars of it, of course, in case you've been under a rock for the last 24 hours. Uh, Russell Wilson and a 2022 fourth-round pick uh, go-to Denver, the Seahawks get a haul. They get uh, Drew Locke. They get Noah Fant. They get Shelby Harris. They get two number ones and two twos in this year's draft. This isn't one of those deals where you go, well, you're going to get them in 20, 2024?" No, right now we're getting two ones and we're getting uh, two twos. And they're also getting a fifth round pick in this year's draft as well. First of all, just w- when you see something like this, I know as a, as a former Bronco, it's got to be exciting in Bronco country. Yeah. Is I've saw some contrarians say, "Hey, you know, unpopular opinion: Seahawks won the trade." How, how in the world, in a quarterback-driven league, can you make that claim if you're Seattle today? I have no idea. I played for both franchises
2: too, uh, Seattle and Denver, so I know there's some people upset in Seattle right now because now they're without a quarterback. Uh, I remember when Peyton Manning—I was actually in Denver—Peyton Manning um, arrived on the scene, and you, you want to talk about a, a city. Uh, mm. A fan base excited. Now, this was Peyton Manning who got cut. <laughs> That's right. Peyton Manning who had four neck surgeries. And you had no clue. He was that, done. He was done. That's he what I ever he said. had no feeling in his hand. Uh, he couldn't throw the football. Remember yeah, that. So, um, But yet everybody was through the, through the roof with excitement because of what Peyton Manning would bring, which was a guaranteed appearance in the playoffs if he was right. Russell Wilson brings the same thing, a guaranteed appearance to the playoffs. And I think a lot of people are excited about that possibility out there in Denver right now, Uh, teamed up with a young nucleus of players that everybody's excited about. They're very, very young. And the influences of Russell Wilson, I I think Nathaniel Hackett, too, his enthusiasm— And new message is going to be refreshing as well as the culture that Russell Wilson brings, the work ethic and everything. So uh, it's just wiping the slate clean out there in Denver, starting all over with a Hall of Fame quarterback and a head coach that could have a great message and receive well in that locker room.
0: It's, It's interesting to me, too, because, you know, when you played in the NFL, I think it's different today when you look at the age mm-hmm. and you say 31, if you right. said it back in the day, you're 31. Oh, man, this guy's <laughs> in the, he's right. on the wrong side of 30. Now you go 31. Let's he just might have 10 years left. <laughs> exactly. So it could be a whole new chapter in Denver for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And, again, he had the injury last year, and he still threw 25 touchdown passes, missing that kind yeah. of time in Seattle. The young receivers they have there with that ready-made defense. Right. And we'll get into the AFC West in specifics and specifics and some of the numbers there, whether we'd like them, because uh, we're seeing right now they're about uh, 275, plus 275 to win that division, Mike. But, boy, you really have to look at it in totality and go, now you have a real chance. Right. No disrespect to Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. But Vic Fangio is probably going, man, give me a Russell Wilson. I'll show you how much better of a coach I am. I think every coach would say that. Uh, Raheem Morris said that, right, as <laughs> a defensive coordinator of the Rams, even though he stunk
2: out there in Atlanta. Right? Couldn't get <laughs> it done in Atlanta. When you got it, Aaron Donald, uh, sure. and Aaron Donald, and Jalen uh, Ramsey. You're great now as a <laughs> defensive coordinator. No, no, but Russell Wilson, make no mistake, the guy uh, is now has a challenge. Uh, in Seattle, it wasn't about Russell. It was about no. Legion of Boom
0: and Pete Carroll. Now it's going to be about Russell,
2: and elite players like this, they get motivated by uh, those
0: challenges. Absolutely. Mike's going to be a lot of fun here for the next two hours. We're going to have Steve Mackinan joining us uh, later on this hour. Uh, Vic Lombardi's going to join us in hour number two, and then Lou Finnecaro as well. We'll get some uh, thoughts from him from the UFC as well. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line right here on these, these Sports ready now. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1 1- This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. Dave Ross, Mike Pritchard coming to you from South Point Casino in Las Vegas. And, Mike, obviously the big news over the last 24 hours in the NFL has been the quarterback carousel. Maybe the music has stopped with Aaron Rodgers for years, we believe, going back to Green Bay. But the bigger news, it's amazing that how Aaron Rodgers, in the span of an hour, almost Mm -hmm. got usurped in the news with that big trade of Russell Wilson going from Seattle to Denver. And now let's get into the specifics here. And we showed you the numbers here with the AFC West. They are now Denver, plus 275 uh, to win the division, to win the AFC, 650. And then those Super Bowl odds, as we talked about, went kind of from cut in half, mm-hmm. 25 to 1 and all the way down to 12 to 1. And, and again, you look at the team. They were a 7-win team last year in the first year that we had 17 games in the regular season. Vic Fangio exits stage left. Right. Nathaniel Hackett comes in. He's going to be now the new head coach. So it feels like the defense, if they can keep the defense on par with what Fangio had there, and that's that's a big if because you do have change in the coaching staff. It's about this offense. And so when you look at it here, how much better? Boy, oh, boy, those are paltry numbers in mm-hmm. the NFL when you're the 1919's 24th in points scored. And, okay, maybe you weren't turning it over a, a whole lot. But that's because you had Teddy Bridgewater for the most part, and he's he's not going to turn the football over. Russell might take some more chances. What do you think the identity of this offense will be in order to, I guess, validate a ticket on the Broncos to potentially win this division?
2: Whatever it needs to be, to be honest with you, Dave, because uh, what this indicates to me, George Payton, the new GM, uh, and the Broncos are going for a Super Bowl. They have cracked open the Super Bowl window. Okay, now what do we need to do to ensure or to increase our chances and opportunities to reach the Super Bowl. That's what this is about now. It has no, we're going to build for the future. No, that's, that narrative is gone. It's all about Russell Wilson being in Denver and how can we win a championship and what do we need to do? And, and I think it starts this here. I mean, you can bolster the offensive line. Uh, you can add some more pass rushers. You can add some more depth at the linebacker position secondary if you need to to improve the defense. But you're right. It was one of the better red zone defenses in the National Football League last year Right. Uh, on top of the fact of uh, they can get after the pass at times, too. So I think they need some help up there, offensively secure the right-sided of offensive line with the right tackle. But this Russell Wilson trade, it influenced so many markets, so many markets. We just talked about the division market, uh, plus 275, I believe we mm-hmm. had that on, on the board right there now, uh, down from uh, plus 400. Uh, the Super Bowl, 12-1 to now. And then John Ewing, Bedham Jim, had it the MVP odds. Right. Open at plus 3,000, Russell, Russell Wilson is now plus 1,400. So, I mean, this move just impacted three markets that way in the National Football League. So uh, it's substantial, but I, I need betters to understand that. The Broncos are indicating to us as betters that they're all in. The window's open. Let's go and see if we can win a Super Bowl with the time that we have with Russell Wilson right now.
0: It's, it's fascinating to me, too, because I think the new trend has started with Tom Brady when he left the free agency from New England, goes to Tampa Bay, wins mm-hmm. the Super Bowl year number one. Right. Then last year, Matthew Stafford gets traded to L.A. He wins the Super Bowl year number one in his new destination. And that was unheard of. I believe Trent Dilfer was the first mm-hmm. guy to do it back in, in uh, 2000 with the Ravens until Tom Brady did it. And then Stafford does it on top of that. This could be, if this comes through at 12 to 1, the third year in a row that you see a first year quarterback switching teams, which was unheard of. And now it's very heard of. Right. And it, it, so that's why these numbers here, again, plus 250, I'm seeing even shorter numbers, plus 200 other places to win the division that it's not out of the realm of possibility to go three for three with first-year quarterbacks switching teams mm-hmm. and winning Super Bowls. Not winning divisions, winning Super Bowls. I mean, this, this is how this new win-now mentality is, is being manifested. And I think Tom Brady really is the guy that showed, yeah, this is very possible.
2: Well, you can do it now, too, because there's an appetite for it, Dave. Like, before, the appetite was all about the draft. Because yes. you had number one picks, uh, and you were married to them like especially a quarterback, right, Uh, because of the contracts. But the new CBA and the veterans, they certainly wanted to put the onus on the veterans. They wanted the veterans to have the opportunity to be able to make the kind of money that we're seeing these quarterbacks make right now, uh, that we're about to see with receivers, that we're seeing with defensive linemen and everybody. So uh, the rookies are actually now the ones going through that elongated process of trying to become a free agent. And, And that's what the veteran players have always wanted, so it's shifted that way, wow. and now you're seeing the appetite uh, agree with that in terms of GMs, head coaches, saying, look, we got these veterans. They're proven commodities. Let's go out and pay for those guys as opposed to you know, drafting a player and thinking that, okay, this player is going to be our savior.
0: So is that the less Snead model more so than even the Tampa Bay model? Because Snead didn't be a trade. Mm -hmm. Brady was a free agent. Sure. Now, this is a trade, obviously, to get Russell Wilson. So a lot of times, and I remember back in 94, Mm -hmm. the Niners did this to win the Super Bowl and interrupt the Cowboys 3-4 run, right, where they traded for a lot of veteran players, uh, the Deion Sanders, the Gary Plumbers of the world, to go ahead and get that ring. Now, it didn't then – become a model that could sustain itself, at least in the 90s. Is it more sustainable now in this era of football that you could do the less need and say, you know what, even though we did it last year in 2021, this does not mean that the window is shut on teams like the Rams and or the Broncos going
2: forward. Yeah, I think so, because you can control a player in the first round for, I don't know, six, seven years, right? Yeah. Uh, In terms of controlling, if you wanted to. With but, tags but it, and right other with things. tags and and uh, fifth year options and things like that, so uh certainly you go out and, and build your team if you if you can and and you go through it and I think the value is now in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds because you have so much depth coming out of college you mm. you have the National Football League emulating what co- we see in college now right uh, and so you can go deeper in a draft and find the hunter Renfro's. you know you can find the Russell Wilsons you know in the third round or whatever so uh, it, it's it's That availability is out there now because you don't have that giant leap to adjust your game from college to pro like you used to. Uh, so there's more value, I believe, in those uh, later rounds. And therefore, uh, we're seeing teams sacrifice those first two rounds. And for, for the betterment of the team, I mean, if you can get a guy like Russell Wilson, you do, you it, right? do it. If you get a guy like whatever you need to give up, uh, Matthew Stafford, then you go out there and do it. It has to be that caliber of player, though.
0: It, it seems like that's the new model that yeah. we're seeing, at least. And it, there is short-term success here. And look, in the, the Buccaneers uh, were back in the mix and certainly almost had the, the great comeback against the Rams. So it wasn't like it was a one-and-done Thing. They mm-hmm. were they were right in the mix last year. Let's see if it plays out uh, going forward for Denver. Let's get back to the AFC West because the interesting thing to me now with the Broncos getting a lot of the action now is Patrick Mahomes must be like, y'all must have forgot, like Roy Jones, <laughs> right? Like, I'm still here. And now you're seeing in some places they're actually plus money to win the division. Now, I know it's it's running the gauntlet in the AFC West now because you're looking at the Chargers, a team that was in line to be the one seed until, boy, genius part two, Brandon Staley had a couple inexplicable coaching decisions, and somehow they missed the playoffs. And the, the Raiders, I'm seeing 10-1 to 1, to win the West, and they were a playoff team, and within a skosh of, of at least being in overtime against the Bengals, who almost won the Super Bowl. So when I look at the rest of the division, can we find better value now that it looks like people, okay, and still small favorites here, but other markets, they're actually plus money, right? okay, but at Bedlam Gym, you can still minus 115. And look at the Raiders, nine to one. Chargers, four to one. I mean, it feels like a lack of respect, certainly for the for Vegas Raiders, but almost the Chiefs, like, man, really, would be this short a number just to win the division?
2: It really is crazy, but you think about the Raiders, they have Josh McDaniels as head coach, and he's got six Super Bowl rings. Right. Not as head coach, but as offense coordinator. Andy Reid, uh, I don't know if people will start to use this against him, but how many NFC championship games was he in with mm. Philly? Uh, how many AFC championship games has he been in with the Chiefs? I think got one Super Bowl, right? Uh, so, I, I think this is what I said earlier. I, I believe the window of opportunity for the Chiefs is starting to close. Right. Four straight years of the AFC Conference Championship game. We saw the Cincinnati Bengals dismantle that Chiefs offense at home in the second half. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything. I think Patrick Mahomes was 7-13 to with like 50-something yards <laughs> and an interception. Uh, and it wasn't a, a complicated scheme. It was just something that Patrick Mahomes – could not adjust to, whether he didn't have the patience for it or he wanted to make something happen or the league is catching up to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are getting older. So if you ask me, uh, there's t- three teams, highly competitive teams in this situation within this division, a very intense division uh, with an opportunity.
0: You know, I, it just, and I always hear the, the voice of Jerry Glanville in the back of my head <laughs> saying the NFL stands for not for long. Right. And, and it really does because I think we think, fans think, gamblers think, that these numbers and these windows are going to stay open forever. And they're just they not. They don't. No. So the, those windows are shorter than they may appear. Mm-hmm. And maybe that rearview mirror for the Chiefs in the AFC West, now with Russell Wilson there and the Chargers on the come up, and oh, by the way, the Raiders were a playoff team, objects are a little bit closer than they may appear. Oh, uh, by the way, we're going to talk some college basketball. Steve McEnany coming back with us. Q's looking good in the ACC tournament. We'll talk about Steve's numbers. Come on back. It's the little body line right here on Beast. These Sports Ready opinion? Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24 7 streaming daily best bet emails our tournament betting guide including advice data and strategy for only $19 whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread. Our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops, Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray. They've got insights on every key team, conference, and players to watch—from the faves to the potential Cinderellas. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to Veasan through April 5th for only nineteen dollars at Veasan.com. Slash Madness. Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard. This is the Lombardi Line right here on Veasan and Pritchard. It is always exciting when you look up and you've already got conference basketball. Underway right now, and I'm seeing Syracuse Orange on top of Florida State here early in the ACC. And that's where we're going to begin this conversation today with Steve and of course, our Point Spread Weekly editor. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Steve and Steve, great to have you back on the program today. Hey, I'm a little excited because I said last night in Scott Seidenberg's show that I kind of like the Q sit 50 to 1 to make a long shot run in a down ACC. But when I look at some of your numbers, here, Steve, in the ACC, the round two favorites, fourteen and six straight up, and seventy percent ATS since twenty seventeen, outright winners, twenty and zero ATS in that set of games. My goodness, I'd say that's more than a trend, right, Steve?
1: Yeah, well, uh, Dave, the good news about that is it's not enough to eliminate you yet. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you got Syracuse. Uh, uh, historically, one of these four teams today uh, as an underdog is going to win outright. So. Hey, it could be the first one here. Syracuse off to a pretty good start already, Uh, but you are sort of going against the uh, the favorite trend. But uh, there is one of them going to cover.
0: Yeah, and again, I I see in the semis here we have that the dogs are eleven and sixteen straight up. Uh, But again, ATS pretty good. So. To your point, even if Cuse gets a win today, the numbers would say, hey, may, they might cover the number, but we're probably not going to see this this outright win. And I know Duke right now was, uh, I believe, minus 105 to win the ACC tournament here. So, again, it's kind of leaning towards maybe you play some of the dogs with the with the number, but if you like money line plays, you can go with the favorites? Yeah, well,
1: you know, I mean, if you look at 11 and 16 as an underdog money line winner, that's really not a bad position to be on you you probably still end up making some money there so i I wouldn't discount that entirely
2: you know steve i love your information because it it not only makes me a better better but it helps me to not overthink a a bet Mm -hmm. uh so looking at the big 12 information that you have point spread weekly it's incredible uh underdogs in opening round of the big 12 tournament are on a six and six straight up uh an 11 and 1 ats 91.7 percent surge right there you mentioned two schools here iowa state is on a fifteen zero and one ATS one hundred percent streak Ooh, wow. in the Big Twelve tournament while playing uh, uh, play while Texas Tech has lost his last nine games ATS uh, in this bracket. So they match up tomorrow. So here's where I don't want to overthink it, Steve. Uh, we have two uh, first year head coaches with these two schools, and and I don't know if I'm overthinking that or not, especially with the information you provided here.
1: I would think that one through, Michael. Honestly, I so I I looked at this. Uh, as I typed, I had to go in two or three times to make sure the information was right. Now I am concerned. I'm going to tell you that I am concerned about both teams having new coaches. Now, my idea there was that Chris Beard, Texas tech, perhaps he didn't put as much focus on the conference tournament as he did on the NCAA tournament. Uh, Meanwhile, the the Iowa state thing, 15 straight covers. I. there's got to be something to it. I mean, there just has to be the the program in general just might love going down to Kansas city and representing itself. You just don't know. So uh, I think uh, it's something I'm going to watch closely. I'm probably going to sit this one out. I mean, it, 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 the tune of spooks me a little bit, but uh, West Virginia tonight on that underdog play certainly looks strong. Uh, these teams typically come to play early as the underdogs in the big 12 tournament.
0: Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. When you look at those numbers, cause I'm like you, Mike, I look at that and I go, my goodness, it feels like there's no such thing as a can't lose. Right. But boy, you do have to factor in those new head coaches as well, Steve. It's great information. Let's get to the Big East, which used to be old school. Me, I love the Big East tournament more than any other. Now, Steve, some of these numbers really did stick out to me. And how about this first one? That only two of the last thirteen Big East quarterfinal teams that enjoyed that round one buy lost to a team that they played going ten and three ATS. So it sounds like Steve, rest is a good recipe for the gambler here when you look at the Big East tournament.
1: Yeah, and then you combine that with the next one where you see the Big East quarterfinal double-digit favorites are an 11-1 spread run. You, you get a situation where teams uh, that played in that opening round are quite possibly overmatched when they get to the, to the deeper rounds.
0: No question. Yeah. And one other thing I want to point out here, and it's the Saturday night. People forget a lot of times when these games are actually played. The Saturday night is the Big East final. And Steve, your numbers nine of the last eleven Big East uh, championship games have gone under the total to an almost eighty-two percent clip. There is that tired legs. Is that the bright lights, big city here in New York City, and it gets a little bit tense when you feel like, all right, we got a Big East championship on the line.
1: Okay, this is why I love talking to you, Dave, because I think you get it. Yeah, you know I mean, you, the the foundation of some of these things makes sense. You know, I mean, you, you got the the the, t- the tired legs. Some of these teams maybe like even Georgetown you're playing a fourth consecutive day. Right. Uh, you, you get you get the the intensity of a championship matchup where you get an automatic bid to the winner, that type of thing. So there's a lot of reasons why there might be better defense played in a in a game like that, in addition to fatigue.
2: You know, Steve, something that stands out to me about the Big East, uh, and I've cashed a number of tickets with some situations here mm. uh, down the stretch, in particular Providence. Uh, you know, they've done something the first time in school history. Uh, I know you look at Nova and you look at other schools within the Big East, uh, uh, UConn even, uh, from a certain level of respect. But then here's Providence where I, I don't know if they're getting the national respect, but they are a gritty basketball team. They, uh, they will fight you for uh, the full uh, game there. And at plus 500, uh, the Big East tournament odds. I, mean, I don't know what you think about Providence. I'm curious about that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, to me, they seem very similar to a Wisconsin out of the Big Ten where they're not getting the respect that they probably should, despite the fact that they win most of their games. I mean, winning winning, <laughs> and covering are two different things a lot of times. And you think of these power ratings and the analytic analytics, and it's, it's basically how much you blow out your opponents by that gives you a, a benefit in that regard. But you can't take away from the fact that teams just simply win games because they're better. Uh, maybe executing in the last few minutes of a game, or maybe the, the, the motivation of not being, uh, being thought of as an elite team right. gets them over the hump. So, yeah, I, I agree with you entirely on that comment.
0: Yeah, it is. They, they There are disrespected teams out there. They win lucky, but, hey, they figure out a way to win. Let's get to the Big Ten, Steve, and I know this is a conference that you keep a, a very close eye on, and this is pretty interesting. So you think under. Right, Big Ten, gonna beat you up physical basketball. Games with totals of less than 129, so those low totals are going over at a seventy-five percent clip in the Big Ten tournament. So Steve, is that that they look at the conference and kind of tend to want to have smaller totals and yet against that public perception, uh perception rather, the over's been cashing for you.
1: Yeah, almost seems like a trap here, and uh, we're going to get this one tonight in Minnesota, Penn State, uh, pretty low total in that game. Um, you, you got to think that uh, this is a situation where betters maybe, as you talked about earlier, overthink something. All mm-hmm. uh, oh, these teams don't score well. The pace is going to be slow. But they, they bring it for, the, for this game, and they, they're able to pretty – Put up pretty good offensive performances and uh, take these totals over most of the time.
0: And one other thing that I wanted to point out with your numbers that again, against perception, because we talked about it in the Big East that maybe a rested team in the next round is a good play, right? Pretty good ATS. In the Big Ten, that's it's almost the direct opposite here. Teams coming off the bye, okay, pretty good money line play, 12 and 6 straight up, but ATS. Not good at all, Steve, to a 23.5% clip four thirteen 13 and one versus teams that already played since 2018. Any, any reason that we can see a, a correlation there for maybe a team getting hot now in that second round of the big 10 tournament?
1: Well, I, I think, uh, and I, I'm sure you fans of the big 10 will attest to this. If you watch games in recent years, you'll know that some of these teams that come after this five, six day break and Facing a team that had played yesterday, they come out slow, and all of a sudden you look and it's they're down 32 25 at halftime, even though they're an eight 10 point favorite. You know, I mean, that this happens a lot in this tournament. Uh, Just, I mean, the experience of playing in some of these tournaments. Uh, sometimes outweighs the buy aspect. So it seems like that's been the case for the big 10.
0: I still want to wrap it up very quickly. Got about a minute to go here in the sec. And I want to talk about Kentucky specifically here. They've lost their last two uh, sec tournament games after going 15 and one straight up and 13, two and one ATS before that. So what do you make of this year's Kentucky team in the sec? When you kind of look at those correlated numbers?
1: Well, I mean, it used to be an automatic wager in the SEC. Kentucky's going to either get to the finals or they're going to win the whole thing. So, I mean, it it's not like that anymore. I mean, you got, what are they, a third seed here, fourth, th- third or fourth seed in this tournament? They got, uh, I mean, you got Auburn, you got uh, Tennessee that can really contend. I mean, Arkansas uh, is another um, wild card. And you got Alabama to potentially make a run. So, uh, I wouldn't call them automatic, although they have been playing pretty good basketball lately. Uh, my money would probably be on Auburn on that one.
0: Hey, Steve, always appreciate the time and the information. Great information, Point Spread Weekly editor. Uh, check him out on Twitter as well at Steve McName. When we come back, some more hoops talk. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on these These sports betting now. MGM welcomes you with a special offer in the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win $200 in free bets. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first bet. Plus, you're going to earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses and converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit bedmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. The rewards issued is non for free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard. This is the Lombardi line right here on these great to have Steve Mackinac with us in the last segment. And again, we always urge you, you got to check out point spread weekly does great job of giving you numbers as they correlate into the NCAA tournament. Now last night, and I told Scott Seidenberg on the look ahead that I loved Qs today in the ACC uh, today against Florida state. They're getting a point. And right now they're up 22 46-24 46-24 with a minutes to go before the first half. 50-1 to 1 pre-flop to win the ACC tournament. And I said, just throw some West Reynolds pizza money on it, like 10 bucks for a pizza, right? Because my thought process was the ACC is down. Right. It's a down conference. There's only a, a, maybe three, four tournament teams at best. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you have to run the gauntlet like you have to in some of these other conference tournaments. So a team can get hot and maybe you have to make, hit one blue blood, i.e. Duke, in order to win this thing. So I think that's where you might find some value in some of these conference tournaments. I wonder when you look at your conference, mm-hmm. the Conference of Champions, as Phil Walton would say, <laughs> the Pac-12, which is not tipped off yet, so you can still get in on some pre-tournament odds here. Arizona, you can understand why they're the betting favorite here, minus 125, but it's a small favorite to win this tournament with UCLA coming in next at plus 160, and then you begin those long shots. And like I mentioned with Syracuse and the ACC, when you have a... I hate to say it down Pac twelve, but it is down. Mm-hmm. Could you find another team in there that you say, Mike, you know, maybe they're worth a little flyer because they don't have to run in the Big Ten through four or five good teams, right? When you have eight or nine tournament teams like you have in the pack in the Big Ten, right. I think it's tougher to navigate a long shot, right? Mm-hmm. So is it is it easier now because you look at Arizona, UCLA, and as bona fide tournament teams, and go, yeah, maybe there is. An Arizona State at eighty to one, maybe a Washington State at twenty two to maybe Oregon, really stumbled down the stretch. They needed it in this tournament to make a run. When you look at the Pac twelve, is there any value there for you? Well,
2: yes, there is. Um, and okay, I'm not going to suggest that. Syracuse, that's your squad. Right, right. I'm not going to say that, but obviously Colorado's my squad. There you go, uh, and they got Dubai. We we got to buy. We got to buy. The bus <laughs> got to buy, uh, beating Utah down the stretch, which is okay. We're in the top four here you know, in terms of seeding. Uh, I love that Dubai buy rest the legs a little bit, uh, get acclimated out here in Vegas. Uh, now Arizona, I, I believe they are a one seed, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if this matters about the tournament here for them. Probably, I mean, depending on what shakes out here. I'm curious, though, because of Tommy Lloyd, uh, the coach, I think Bayheim's making a difference in this matchup. Uh, obviously, with players, uh, you got Cronin, you got Enfield. I mean, you got some coaches here, right at the top of this list, and uh, certainly having the team and squads ready to go. Ted Boyle as well with Colorado. Looking at a team that could make a run, kind of like Arnold oh,
0: Oregon State did last year. I well, don't the, know. Well, that's the thing, though, Mike. Right. To, to your point, I know. Look, five hundred to one. This is they went to the final four that was a year different ago. Different team last year, though. Right. Right. But they were not going to go to the NCAA tournament unless they won the Pac-12 mm-hmm. title, and they did that. So, you know, I don't know if if Colorado's in that same exact boat, but I do look at an Oregon. At the same number. Okay. I don't think they're in, Mike, unless they at least get to the final. They, they need to. Absolutely. Right? They
2: need to have a run here in the conference tournament. I don't know if Oregon is built uh, for that run, though. I mean, um, y- you know, you look at Arizona State, you No, know, Washington State's gotten hot down mm-hmm. the stretch here. Maybe Washington State could be that team. They're averaging about 90 points a game the last three games out. So, offensively, they stepped it up. Now, defensively, they're still yielding a lot of points there. But, I mean, you look at Arizona's squad. You look at SC, the length, uh, the athleticism. I mean, those teams are more talented. We get it. No question. But in terms of who can make a run – uh, I, I'm looking at my buffs and yeah, I'll say it. I'm a homer with that uh, <laughs> 20 to one uh, more so than Oregon.
0: Yeah. Okay. And for Oregon, by the way, they're going to take on Oregon state here. The aforementioned uh, Beavers 500 to one. <laughs> it just doesn't feel like they're going to go lightning <laughs> no. in a bottle again. Uh, they're laying nine in that game. Is there, there's danger here though, in the team that needs to win, mm-hmm. right? Where you go, well, okay, they're easily going to beat Oregon state. Well, maybe not. Sometimes to me, even though the value is not there in the money line play, you would assume. I just think that there's danger in saying, oh, yeah, Oregon's going to be able to roll because they need the game, as we just laid out. right?" Isn't there a danger in the theory of the team that has to win it in order to keep their postseason hopes alive against a team that's dead in the water in Oregon State that you got to lay that significant number. Oregon hasn't been covering anybody, beating anybody, to justify recently to lay that nine.
2: Right, right. And you think Altman would have them ready to go, but I believe uh, Will Richardson is going to be out this game because mm-hmm. of an illness, uh, which uh, you want to look for dynamic players and players that can help you uh, help the cause and, and you know settle things down on the floor. They're still laying nine in this, 142. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem like Oregon, the Ducks are primed to make that type of run it, uh, this year.
0: It wouldn't seem like it, but, again, those are the two teams I think Colorado and Oregon that if you're thinking on that must win basis to get to the NCAA tournament at 20 to one, if you want to try to find that extracted value, Mm -hmm. it may be there. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the SEC. We talked about it with Steve Mackinac here in the last segment with Kentucky, because I think now when you look at this conference as a whole, you know, Auburn number one in the land, for a decent little stretch of time here, Mm -hmm. yet the betting favorite is Kentucky, plus money, plus 175. And you see the the Auburn War Eagle Tigers there, plus at plus 260. Tennessee, Arkansas, this is the antithesis of my breakdown in the ACC and the Pac-12, where you do kind of have a murderer's row up there when you even get the Alabamas and the LSUs. These are all tournament teams. Uh, Certainly Florida would be the one firmly on the bubble at 40-1 to to try to make a run in this tournament to get in. When you look at this tournament as a whole, Do you want to play a blue blood or do you want to play a long shot?
2: Well, I I tell you what, uh, I'm looking forward to this tournament, to be honest with you. I mean, Kentucky, the dynamic is so different because you you got the one and done and then you got the transfer from West Virginia, who's incredible, right? Uh, She might be player of the year. Exactly. Uh, But then it falls back on can Coach Cal coach? Right. <laughs> He's going to need to, right? Uh, and, I mean, I saw Kentucky play. They couldn't even bound the ball. Uh, <laughs> I, forget, I forget the game it was, but they couldn't even inbound the ball and made it tight there. Now I know they were missing uh, Ty-Ty and they were missing yeah. uh, the backcourt there. So uh, Auburn uh, away from home is just different. Tennessee will, will beat you up a little bit defensively. Arkansas, Note. I like, like, I like that dynamic of playing inside Guard out, play. Guard play. when also Williams down low who's physical, can score, can also extend the offense. Uh, out if he needs to, to create room underneath. So, I, I like the tenacity of Arkansas. I'm looking forward to this tournament. Boy, and, boy. And if a team needs to win a tournament, I'm looking at Arkansas or somebody like that. I mean, Kentucky's Kentucky, right? Right. Uh, do they need to win a tournament? No. No.
0: It might um, be a difference in seeding, right? right, where you can lock up a one seed. Theoretically, you would think if Kentucky could win it. Mm-hmm. Same thing for Auburn. I think they could both make those cases to get on the one line if they could win the SEC tournament. Uh, but but you're right. Like, the, the Arkansas are the dangerous teams yeah. out there. They have a Deep run, it could increase your seeding. Like, that's what's the motivation for teams that we know are going to be relatively high seeds in in the NCAA tournament? Right. Is the motivation to get an even better seed so that you would think theoretically you would have lesser competition on your pathway potentially to a final four? Sure. It it is weird the different motivations for some of these blue bloods. And then your point about Cal Perry, it was almost like you could just roll out the basketballs and Cal's got the talent. But this year, you normally get Kentucky early because you can't get them late. You couldn't even get them early this right. year. They've been a pretty consistent team throughout the majority of this season, which shows maybe this team's a little bit more mature than Cal teams in the past, which had all those dynamic freshmen. You get the transfer into Tashibay, as you mentioned. What a defensive presence he makes so it is going to be an interesting watch for that uh, Kentucky Wildcat team this year. Uh, very quickly, I have a minute to go. I wanted to get to the Big Ten very quickly because, mm-hmm. again, as we mentioned with Steve McEnany, you're looking at a murderer's row. Right. Potentially, if Indiana gets in, nine NCAA tournament teams. For for you, is it Indiana has to beat Michigan? In the first round in order to get in? Or can they still get in even with a loss to Juwan Howard in his return?
2: I don't know if Indiana can still get in. Um, I mean, it is a murderer's row here. uh, And you're right, Juwan Howard coming back to – Yeah, you you look at the top and they're stacked. Certainly without Johnny Davis, Wisconsin's okay. Uh, Michigan, they got a little feisty. Uh, you know, down the stretch here without Howard. And I don't know if that did something to him or not. Oh. Uh, now, the return of Howard uh, with feistiness, obviously, Dickinson's going to be a key there. To, yeah, if he's healthy. If he's healthy, yeah. But uh, you got Ohio State 12 to 1.
0: Again, it's just that's the difference, and we're trying to show you between, say, a Mm Pac-12 and an ACC versus some of these loaded conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten. It's just going to be tougher to navigate those waters to figure out who's going to be your conference champion, but cannot wait for those tournaments to tip off. All right, when we come back, our number two here, of course, we're going to have Lou Finnecaro join us in the next hour, and also Vic Lombardi, and get back into the NFL. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on Beeson, the Sports betting network.